This podcast is protected by the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights of the United States of America, the freedom of expression, i.e. the freedom of speech. I love no one. I love no thing. The savage rape, torture, and murder of every single one of you sickening, worthless sacks of flesh walking around on this planet's surface is all that I long for. The thought of being able to see every one of you pathetic mistakes of nature reduced to sniveling masses of torn meat, shattered bone, and bruised flesh, writhing in pain and misery in puddles of your own piss, shit, puke, and blood brings me nearly to orgasm. To see you begging and pleading to be allowed to continue to live the life that you already do not deserve takes me to heightened states of mental euphoria that no chemical can ever reproduce. All of you are guilty. All of you are my enemy. I will murder, butcher, and usher as many of you into hell with me as possible.
Distro CDs, cassettes, and records. Contact immortalhatred88 at gmail.com. Call 541-214-3714. P.O. Box Reading from the book of the Divine Black Flame of Satan by Variety Colacus Oriax. Part 1, A Testament of Satanic Metaphysics. Forward. I discovered Satan as a very real metaphysical conscious presence and force. I do not expect anyone else to automatically understand or even comprehend this as of yet, simply because they may lack that experience or evidence themselves. 
Even from a completely rational perspective, I can no longer accept atheism as a realistic worldview or possibility, and have found that explanation of reality to be an error. I have now fully embarked upon the path of spiritual lawlessness. I adhere to no dogma or creed that is against my own will, which is manifested by the Most High, the embodiment of Lucifer. The isolation from the profane world, its sheep, and all of their dogmatic manifestations, and do what thou wilt shall now be my only code of true satanic freedom. Ave Satanus. So it is done. Vicolacus Oriax, the Magus, fourth degree. Defining Satanism. For centuries, Satanism has been defined, redefined, and repackaged many times. Before mid-1900 common era, Satanism was always viewed as a theistic practice, with the belief in a literal devil, demons, black magic, witchcraft, conjurings, and all of the things that naturally come to mind when someone hears the term Satanism. When Anton Zander LaVey created the Church of Satan in 1966, things began to change. A newer philosophical perspective of Satanism was born. The Satanic Bible, released in 1969 and written by Anton Zander LaVey, not only laid down a practical philosophy in the first half of the book, but left the second part of it open to the theory and practice of lesser manipulative and greater ceremonial magic. For the first 14 years or so of the Church of Satan's existence, it continued in a more honest, satanic fashion. Around 1975, a magister templi IV degree in the Church of Satan known as Michael A. Aquino started to notice some major contradictions and fallacies within the overall view of the Church of Satan. They became more and more a group of people who claimed to not view Satan as a literal entity that existed in reality but rather as a symbol to be used during greater magic ritual as a point of focus. The Church of Satan from that point on claimed themselves as atheists, publicly at least, and viewed magic as nothing more than mere psychodrama in order to vent one's personal frustrations. Michael A. Aquino felt betrayed by this change of policy and left to form his own organization known as the Temple of Set, which was based around an ancient Egyptian deity of the same name. Set. The main problem and contradiction with the Church of Satan metaphysics lies in this. While some view their magical efforts as simply psychological release, others notice actual, tangible results from their practices. If they have now denied Satan as being anything real, where do these magical results come from? And further, why continue to utilize the term Satanist to describe yourself when you no longer acknowledge Satan as something in actual existence? Some argue that they believe it is it in the ritual chamber and disbelieve it outside the ritual chamber. This is not a clear metaphysical view, but one born out of confusion and contradiction. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. Either the prince of darkness is real or he isn't. You're either theistic or you're an atheist. You cannot be both at the same time. There's no middle ground on this. To say otherwise is the most obvious of hypocrisy. And further, if you somehow do view magic as something real and tangible, why throw out the baby with the bathwater? Where is this source of magic then coming from? If your answer is that it simply comes from your physical brain, then you are in error. 
The brain is a physical construct that lies within the skull of the human being. There is something else that exists that is causing magic be to produce things in actuality. Do I really need to be so obvious as to provide that answer for you, dear Satanist? Within the divine black flame of Satan, as an organization, we do not uphold such contradicting and self-deceptive philosophies. If magic works, it works. And there's no rational reason to try to prove to yourself it doesn't, especially after you have already acknowledged that it does work. That is, unless you take enjoyment in lying to yourself. We also do not feel the need to hide in the shadows of the public, fear and discrimination of our belief in an actual Satan. What type of Satanist must hide his true beliefs among friends and especially other Satanists? This does not mean that we must not sometimes lie or twist the truth in the face of certain people, such as family, professional relationships, etc. If it will harm us in some manner, to do otherwise would simply be self-defeating. However, Satanism as a religion need not lie to its own followers, nor should they lie to themselves. So here is our definition of Satanism, as we view it, from reality as it is. Satan, the prince of darkness, is a real existing entity, and the only people that truly deserve the title of Satanist are those that acknowledge this fact. We fully believe in and acknowledge Satan as a true god of this world, and black magic is our direct line of communion with that entity. There is no other! It is time to strip away your blindfolds of deceit and step into the gates of hell, the kingdom of darkness and shadows, and discover what is. Once you cross the abyss, there is no turning back. That was chapter one of the book of the Divine Black Flame of Satan by Rykolakis Oryax Magis. And here is chapter two. The Seagull of Baphomet. This is the description of the Seagull of Baphomet in its pure form, which originally contained the names Samuel and Lilith within the Seagull which is the symbol we use for this organization. I will not go into more obscure details of the use of it in the Knights Templar, only from the practical use of it in Satanism. Each point of the pentacle represents an element, earth, air, fire, water, with the fifth being spirit. The pentacle facing up turns ahead of man's consciousness, spirit, to God. Turned upside down, it turns it to Satan, the prince of this world. This creates the shape of the goat identified with Satan. The top two points creating the horns of the devil, with the bottom three points together representing the denial of the Holy Trinity. Samuel and Lilith are the masculine-feminine aspects of Satan, with Leviathan, which is written in Hebrew and circled around the seagull, representing the deeper subconscious. It must be noted, however, that the many names of Satan are simply different aspects of Satan himself, and not to be seen as separate or distinct entities. The Prince of Darkness is multifaced and takes many forms. And here is chapter 3, Satan Lucifer. I define Satan Lucifer, which is the adversary, as a source of consciousness that exists beyond space-time and is the prince of this world. The darkness is the representation of Satan, and the light is the representation of Lucifer, yet they are one. Thus, only through darkness itself do we obtain true enlightenment. 
Our own self-consciousness and self-awareness is a way of the universe becoming aware of itself, and we are all connected to that same source, yet are perceiving it through subjective experience. Most human beings are unaware of this reality, and thus remain in a state of confusion, and lack the conscious link to the source that is required for dark gnosis to take place. They are either closed off to the possibility of something existing beyond the material physical due to mental blocks, lack personal experience or evidence and such, or have fallen prey to false ideologies and the lies in faiths such as Judo-Christianity. This personal transcendence of space-time and experience of the adversary can only be achieved by personal commitment, through the practice of black magic and communion with Satan himself. The true meaning of the occult is hidden. Thus, the revealing of the satanic god also remains hidden to those who do not make the effort to experience it themselves. This, this path is not for everyone, and the majority of humanity may see but a glimpse of the larger reality as it exists. Satanism is rather liberating to me personally, but I am of the darker vibration. Thus, I accept the reality of the universe as it is. Love and hate, peace and war, pleasure and pain, spiritual and carnal, etc., Lucifer, as the light-bringer, is the bringer of knowledge of both dark and light. Thus I deny dualism and see the opposites as aspects of a unified reality, such as in the yin-yang symbol, beyond good and evil. Duality is an illusion. There is one source, the Prince of Darkness. Thus I do not believe in traditional Abrahamic God. Many people wonder how you can believe in Satan but not God, and that answer lies in what I just described, beyond good and evil. How can you call yourself a Satanist? Isn't Satan a creation of Judo-Christianity? No, that is an incorrect assumption. Satan in Hebrew literally translates to adversary or one who opposes. Thus, Satan is the enemy of the Judo-Christianity. However, the Prince of Darkness is actually pre-Christian and shows up in every culture, religion, and mythology throughout human history. Judo-Christianity did not invent this. The roots of the adversary lie in ancient Babylonian, Sumerian, Vedic, Persian, and Egyptian religions. The most ancient forms of the adversary being the Babylonian Tiamat, the great chaos dragon and Set, the Egyptian god of darkness, the desert storms and chaos. Set was also known as Seth and Sethin. Ahriman is another form of the adversary from ancient Middle Persia. There are many records of devil-worship sects and cults from BCE that date much further than Judaism. So the lie that Satanism is a creation of Judah-Christianity is shattered by these such records. Satan is, was, and forever shall be.
And this is Immortal Hatred Music Commentary, where we discuss extreme metal, politically incorrect metal, black metal, some NSBM metal, and some raw primitive metal. But we're going to take a little break here, and we're going to give a shout out to our great friend Breeze of KMMC. This is his favorite song, Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Thank you, Breeze, for telling us what your favorite song is, and here you go. We both lie silently still in the dead of the night Although we both lie close together We feel miles apart inside Was it something I said or something I did? Did my words not come out right? Though I tried not to hurt you Though I tried But I guess that's why they say every rose has its thumb Just like every night has its dawn Just like every cowboy sings a sad, sad song Every rose has its thumb DJ said loves a game of easy come and easy go But I wonder, does he know Has there ever been like this? And I know that you would be here right now If I could have let you know somehow I guess every rose has its thorn Just like every night has its dawn Just like every cowboy Sings a sad, sad song Every rose has its thorn Though it's been a while now I can still feel so much pain Like the knife that cuts you the wound heals But the sky that's 
I know I could have saved a love that night If I'd known what to say Instead of making love We both made a cigarettes And now I hear found somebody new And that I never meant that much to you To hear that tears me up inside And to see you cuts me like a knife I guess It's down Just like a cowboy Sings a sad, sad song Every rose has its thorn Immortal Hatred Distro CDs, cassettes, and records. Contact immortalhatred88 at gmail.com. Call 541-214-3714. P.O. Box 835, Gilchrist, Oregon, 97737. This is Faith's most favorite song right now. It's to you.
Wolves Among Sheep, History and Ideology of National Socialist Black Metal by David David Nesbero and Mitch Rebarg. The forward to the English edition. From the very start, black metal has exalted the grim and the grotesque. The first black metal wave crested in Scandinavia amid the world's most progressive social democracies. Accordingly, the early black metal bands advocated a dystopian anti-world of illiberal thoughts and anti-social belligerents in an odd juxtaposition. With their ghoulish outward appearance and outlandish behavior, they made utterances that were ultra-conservative, totalitarian, even downright medieval. While these inflammatory statements contributed to the genre's growing infamy, they rarely reflected a coherent political ideology. Left-wing watchdog groups were quick to sound the alarm and bark, Nazi! at these uncouth characters, but in most cases the term served as little more than a hollow buzzword. Once the musical parameters of black metal were in place, the style itself became a dark chalice into which any number of more restrictive or more extreme ideas could be poured. By the mid-1990s, competing subgenres arose, which even included a Christian variant of, quote, holy unblack metal, end quote. The thorniest outgrowth, however, is undoubtedly that of National Socialist Black Metal, NSBM. And Max Rebaric and David Maspero chart these developments in dizzying detail in the present weighty tome. Compiling a book that deals with polarizing topics, yet which avoids providing the reader with easy answers or ready-made interpretations, means to walk a precarious tightrope. Such was certainly the case with Lords of Chaos, that 1998 investigation of black metal that I co-wrote with Diedrich Sutherland. The book became immensely popular, but we were also accused of harboring all sorts of nefarious agendas. To black metal fans, mainly into the music, we were crime-obsessed. To the doctrinaire leftists, we were crypto-fascists. To Christian fundamentalists, we were advocates for satanic mayhem. And to Varg Vikerns and his followers, we were... Jewish lackeys out to make the Aryans look bad. Wolves among sheep may elicit a similarly divided reception, for the authors allow the social antagonists who fill its pages to speak without censure. Rebark and Maspiro leave no stone unturned as they recount NSPM's bloody birth pains, hyper-malignant growth, and surprising resiliency. They take a morbid curiosity in dissecting the still-living beast of NSPM and searching out its countless tentacles. If you are looking for moral condemnation of the subject matter, however, you'll need to bring that to the operating theater yourself. Christians will be revolted by the Satanism and Paganism. Pagans will resent the misuse of ancient symbolism and the implication that it shares some innate connection with Nazism. Liberals will be appalled that such a genre exists at all. They'll sleep They'll sleep better if they simply stick the book back on the shelf unread. Conservatives will be repelled by the tactless and frequently tacky glorification of the Third Reich. To a doctrinaire national socialist, the bulk of NSBM will look and sound like a new form of Entarte Kunst. Although many of these bands seem to imagine otherwise, it is safe to say that NSBM will not be hitting the stage at a real Nuremberg rally anytime soon. 
A remarkable amount of time and research went into wolves among sheep, and the end result is neither condemnatory expose nor an apologia by genre insiders. The scope of the author's expertise ranges well beyond the walls of NSVM shadow fortresses, and they bring a wealth of erudition to their projects. This allows them to paint a broad, lurid, and often startling picture. Just as importantly, they draw comparisons with rival and antithetical currents, such as red and anarchist black metal, or the more popularly accessible Cascadian black metal, that have since become subgenres in their own right. Although the spread of this music would be likened to a contagion, there's a more frightening realization to be had here as a fanatical, violent, and often self-destructive subculture in SBM is hardly unique. Moreover, its excesses are largely a byproduct of the same civilization it caustically indicts. Ultimately, NSBM represents yet another fissure in an increasingly fragmented, ferocious, and God-forsaken world. So wrote Michael Moynihan, one of the authors of Lords of Chaos, wrote the forward to the English edition to this book we are going to tackle, you know, called Wolves Among Sheep, History and Ideology of National Socialist Black Medical by David David Maspero and Max Rebark. This podcast is purely music commentary. We do not glorify nor incite violence or hatred of any sort. It is music commentary, and it is for everyone to know, to be aware of, or beware of, NSBM.
Now we're going to play a classic. The entire 17-minute album from Mayhem, Death Crush, Norwegian black metal. And if it wasn't for Mayhem, black metal wouldn't be where it's at today. <laughs> 